Hi, everyone. Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. San Diego City reporter David Garrick joins me now to talk about a roundup of city issues, including a new abortion resolution, new scooter rules, and two members of the San Diego City Council who want to challenge a law about race and gender. Okay, David, uh, the San Diego City Council passed a resolution today led by Council Member Stephen Whitburn. Uh, what did it say? It basically said that San Diego is a safe city for uh, reproductive rights and access to abortion. It's obviously happening not, not in a vacuum. This is because a few weeks back there was a leaked memo, uh, a legal opinion uh, that makes it look like the Supreme Court is about to overturn the federal protection for abortion uh, established by the Roe versus Wade decision in 1973. Uh, you mentioned in your story there's really no legal weight. Uh, so why do it? Well, I mean, if you were a cynic, you could say it's political grandstanding. And that these folks are doing it because they know that voters in San Diego support abortion rights by a wide margin and that'll make them look good. Um, but, I, but I think that would be unfairly cynical. I mean, I think they also feel like, hey, this is a moment where abortion rights appear to be in jeopardy more so than they have been in, in you know, almost 50 years. And so it's an opportunity for elected leaders uh, to stand up and say, hey, we support them and they're important and, and let's, let's not just... Um, Ignore this. So, so I don't think it, it would be fair to be to be a cynic. I think they they did do something they thought was worthwhile, and it probably was. Yeah. Is there any money behind it? You know, plans to create funds, anything like that? Funds for people to travel here, or actual funds for abortion? I suppose it could lead to something like that. But all they did today was really just pass a resolution that was just uh, was strong, strongly worded, saying you know that that San Diego is going to be a place where abortion is going to be safe and legal for a really long time. Okay, the city council today also passed some new scooter rules. We had you on a week or two ago talking about the proposed rules. What happened? This is a real comprehensive crackdown. I mean, it's it's really being embraced on all sides by the people who've been really frustrated by scooters, the fact that they're on the sidewalk, that they're dangerous, that they're parked all over the place, but also by the industry. And of course, I guess the industry probably saw that, you know, if they fought this, they would lose. So maybe their support for it is somewhat disingenuous, but the industry basically says, these are sensible, these are fair, we can make these work. Uh, And in addition to sort of creating a bunch of different rules that increase enforcement, city also gonna sort of limit the wild west world we've had here for several years and limit the number of operators to four. So in July, when the city's contract ends with the existing operators, uh, they have an RFP process, that's called request for proposals. Uh, process that's been ongoing for several months. And in, sometime in July, we're going to have only four scooter operators as opposed to what we have now, which is at eight, seven, six. It's it's varied from time to time. Obviously, during the pandemic, usage went way down because everyone was at home. Will it reduce the number of actual scooters out on the streets? Um, it, will, it, it puts a, a cap that's lower than what we have. Now, of course, it depends on what the companies do. You know, that we weren't close to the cap during the pandemic, so you, you don't really know. But the cap will be, I think, 8,000 under the new rule. It still doesn't solve the equity problem in the fact that there's a lot of neighborhoods that don't even have scooters. And they're all really congregated in urban core like Hillcrest, North Park, and then the beach areas. You know, up in Rancho Bernardo, I don't think you ever see a scooter. I, I'm not up there that often, but I don't think you do. Uh, the council member who represents there, Marnie Van Wolper, joked today during the meeting that she saw one at Scripps Ranch, Scripps Lake, Miramar Lake, one time. Now, I'm sure she's probably exaggerating, but there, there are parts of the city where they're common and parts of the city where they're, they're rarely seen. Yeah, I mean, is there a move to distribute them more equitably, you know, not just to wealthier neighborhoods like the ones you mentioned, but others? That's the part of the RFP 
um, is the, the process where they're picking the new vendors is I can't quite remember how it works, but there's incentives for these companies to put them in low income areas because people who are in low income areas have a need potentially just the same as someone working downtown to have that last mile solved, right? They got to the trolley, they took the trolley to within a mile of where they work, but they need that last mile. They could walk it or they could take a scooter. And you don't see a lot of scooters in Encanto and other sort of areas that are more low income. And I think the, the goal is to get them there. I can't remember quite how it, it, it creates an incentive, but companies have some incentive to put more scooters there than they would based on the market. You know, if it was just based on market decisions, they would probably put no scooters there. Just not going to make as much money as they are up when it's located in the tourist area. Yeah, makes sense. Well, what about um, enforcement? So, you know, there are rules in place. There are safety rules in place about where they're supposed to be ridden, where they're supposed to be parked. But I mean, like, I, I don't know. I This is anecdotal, of course, but I only see them being ridden on sidewalks, which they're not supposed to be. So how are they going to address that? Well, they have this thing called geofencing, which I could probably should explain carefully because I, I I'm used to it, and the average person probably has no idea what that is. But it's a, basically a computer device um, using, uh, you know, GPS tracking, like that helps you get around in your car when you say directions to Costco. Right? It, it it knows where the scooters can't be, and the scooters are programmed to so that they literally can't go there. Like when the scooter knows it's, that you're about to take it somewhere where it's not allowed. The scooter itself says you can't do this. It, it, it will slow down to like one mile an hour or, or less. So, um, so that's supposedly the solution. Um, and that way, they don't have to spend a lot of money on police enforcing these rules. The scooter companies have to do them themselves. Um, now, obviously, a, a naysayer will say, well, "What if the geofencing doesn't work?" I mean, you know, I, and I don't know exactly what happens then. But as far as I've understood, the geofencing is pretty reliable technology. It's not a lot of people complaining that geofencing is a farce. So I think that's basically the magic bullet that can help there be enforcement without a lot of extra expense. Because even though San Diego wants to crack down on scooters, the last thing you want to do is distract police from real crime and real issues. So the police are running around writing a bunch of scooter tickets every day. I mean, I don't think anybody really think that's smart. So so it's a good, good point that you brought up. Enforcement is really the key. You can have rules on the books, but you need them to be enforceable. And they don't want the enforcement to be super costly. Okay, one more issue I want to ask you about. Um, some San Diego leaders want to challenge the state law that prohibits race and gender preferences in contract. Who uh, is challenging this and, and why? Uh, it's Raul Campillo and Monica Montgomery Stepp. Uh, there's, there's eight out of nine Democrats on the council. They're, they're two of the Democrats. Um, but anyway, uh, they feel like San Diego, as, San Diego gives out about $2 billion a year in contracts in an average year. It's a big city. Right. So there's a lot of city contracts. Some are as small as like handling the snow cone machine at a park and some are as big as building a giant water pipeline. You know, so they're very in size. But a study that came out a couple of years ago showed uh, actually came out last summer, but it was ongoing for a couple of years, showed that uh, the percentage of contracts that go to minority owned contracting companies and woman owned contracting companies is not as high as it should be based on their share of the marketplace. Right now, again, those studies are hard to do, but I think everyone, no one really questioned the study. So it looks like women owned contractors and minority owned contractors should be getting more of the city contracts than they are. Question is, how do you fix that? The city attorney has said that there are lawsuits and court decisions that basically say, and, and a state, a state uh, ballot measure that was passed in the right after 2000, that basically say you can't do it. You can't put preferences in unless you really are careful. They're narrowly tailored. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff for that. So basically, the advice that the city council got was, let's do our best to outreach to these contractors. Let's do our best 
to follow the normal procedures, but as opposed to having a specific policy, that is a dangerous legal move. And Raul and Monica said, you know what? We want to try it anyway. We want to try it anyway. It's dangerous, but we want to try it. Um, and if it gets struck down, it gets struck down. So uh, it's kind of a bold move. Uh, you know, that would, uh, it would be interesting if they're able to successfully challenge it. San Jose tried about 10 years ago and they lost in court. Like they got murdered in court. They lost completely. So obviously that's a learning experience that the city of San Diego can use. On the other hand, if you're a gambler, you go, what, what are you going to do that San Jose, you know, how are you going to be different than San Jose and succeed where they fail? But I'm not a lawyer. Maybe they can do it. There's been a lot, a lot learned in, the, in that 10 year interim period. But that's the idea is to become the first state, first city in California to successfully challenge this voter approved law that says you cannot have preferences for minorities and women in your contracting rules. Yeah, you know, it surprised me to see that because Prop 209, didn't we just vote on that recently? Was it last year? Yeah, the there year was before? an attempt to overturn that and, and it was it, it was failed. failed. So right. it stayed in place. So opinion polls probably show that that people don't think Raul and Monica are doing the right thing. Now, I don't know how Prop 209 or the, the attempt to overturn it. I don't know how that did in the city of San Diego. Maybe it did well here. Um, but I don't I don't know. But statewide, obviously, it lost and it wasn't that close. So um, but. On the other hand, equity has become a much bigger issue, uh, you know, in, in recent years. Although I think that ballot measure was defeated in November of 2020. So it was after George Floyd and some equity stuff had already sort of emerged. Uh, but it continues to be a big issue. And in San Diego in particular, because the city's history of sort of having poor schools and lack of parks south of Interstate 8 and south of State Route 94, it's just so extreme. When you look at what you have in La Jolla and Rancho Bernardo versus what you have in communities in the south, is a very stark difference. So I think equity here has is, is become a bigger issue than most other cities. So maybe that's why I think that's what Raul and Monica are sort of motivated by, the, the concept that equity has got to be the priority. David Garrick, City Reporter, thanks so much. Thanks.